We used to think that Israel controls Gaza. Now we see that Israel controls every country except Gaza. We like to tell ourselves that we have freedom of religion. What a beautiful concept. A very simple question for any religious person of any faith. Is it allowed, permissible, halal, to bomb and kill innocent civilians? No, it's against our religion. It's against your religion. Do you have the freedom to stop paying those tax-paying dollars? No, you'll be arrested and your wages will be garnished by the government. So, what that means is we have freedom to publicly say that we don't support this killing, but we must privately support this killing. What does that mean? Simply put, we are free to say one thing and do the other. Well, there's a word for that. It's called hypocrisy. Not freedom of religion, freedom of nifaq, freedom of hypocrisy. There's no point to lie to ourselves any longer if we all know this is the truth. If you want to see freedom in action, if you actually want to see what freedom looks like, then look to the land of the prophets, the Ardul Anbiya, alayhi salatu wasalam. Look to where the people are being tested like the prophets, alayhi salatu wasalam. When the Prophet was asked, who is tested the hardest? Who has the hardest tests? He said, It is first the prophets and then those who are closest to them, most like them, and then so on and so forth. Most like them and so on. Subhanallah, today we can take a look and see a whole land of people, two million people. Each of them are living like a modern day, a living example of who? Ayyub alayhi salam who is losing everything, and yet, subhanAllah, they are all still grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This, uh, this is the earth of who? Yahya alayhi salam. And we get to see a living modern example of people who are standing up for tawheed, la ilaha illallah, who believe in one God, and they're being killed for it, just like Yahya alayhi salam was martyred. This is the land of Hanna. Hanna is the mother of Maryam alayhi salam, and we know her as the wife of Imran. And she made the dua in the Quran. She made this dua in which she said, Oh my Lord, I have vowed to you what is in my womb to be free, to be dedicated to your service. Muharrara. What does this mean? I want this child to be free from this dunya so it can be completely dedicated to the service of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We get to see what happens to the children of Gaza because of their freedom in the thousands being slaughtered. Why? Because they're in the land of Maryam alayhi salam, in the land of Isa alayhi salam, in the land where all this took place and subhanAllah they're being tested just like they were, just like the MBA. We're seeing what that freedom costs. Thousands of children killed when what? When the Ummah does nothing. This is the land, subhanAllah, where the Christians will say, oh, this is the land of Jesus and Mary. And they make this a part of their faith and that it has this significance. And yet, subhanAllah, we see such thirst for Muslim blood that in the West, who are claiming to be Christian, they will even pay for the bombing of their own churches of their own churches, just to make sure that, okay, the churches are collateral damage, no problem, as long as we're getting the Muslims, subhanAllah. 
This is the state that we are seeing. They can claim that they're Christian. They can even claim, what? That God came to earth as a man, and since he chose to come to earth, he could have chosen any country on planet earth. And subhanAllah, wouldn't you know it, they say he chose Palestine. Isn't that an interesting choice of all the places on earth to show up? If you're going to be God showing up on earth, why Palestine? And even more interestingly, if you can do any miracle you want, why specifically the miracle of healing? Isn't that remarkable? Healing people. And yet, subhanAllah, this country that is claiming to be a Christian nation is doing what? Sponsoring the bombs that are blowing up Christian hospitals that heal people in Palestine. You can't make this stuff up. If there's anything that we can learn from this wretched situation, we should learn something basic that all of us should have already known a long time ago. If somebody can lie about God, they can lie about anything. If someone can lie about God, they can lie about anything, subhanAllah. Now that you're witnessing this atrocity with your own eyes, and now that you're listening with your own, I want you to listen with your own ears and remember something you should have known a long time ago. Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu, la tattakhidhu al-yahud wa nasara awliya, ba'aduhum awliya ba'ad. O you who have believed, don't take al-yahud wa nasara as allies. Why? Because they are only in allyship of one another. Seems year after year Muslims are deluded. Well, maybe if we get them on our side and maybe if we, it's not going to happen. And you could see it with your own eyes taking place in real time. The believers have one wali, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala is al-wali. Allah ta'ala and al-Nabi sallallahu and al-mu'minun and the believers. These are the ones that we stick to. To any of the Muslims that had any sense of pride or arrogance, look at what I have accomplished, look at my house, look at my fancy car, subhanAllah. If there's anything that you can take away from this atrocious scene that we're witnessing, it's to humble yourself and to realize that your money and your position and your fancy car, all these things are absolutely meaningless. Why? Because you're helpless. We're all helpless. If we had any dignity, if we had any strength, then the ummah would not be in the state that it is in today. So long as Muslims continue losing across the world, then I'm pretty sure, yeah, we can be pitied and tolerated in this part of the world. That seems to be just fine, as long as we're on the losing end. But the moment that Muslims unite and become any sort of a strong political force that can actually stop an atrocity, then we, I think, in the West will be the first to feel the backlash and to watch all of that tolerance go right out the window, just like that six-year-old boy in Chicago, just three hours away from us, who was stabbed to death, and his mother was stabbed as well. Why? Because the news was saying, oh, this is a threat. Really, the six-year-old? SubhanAllah. What, we, what will we do? If as Muslims we already are losing our deen, if it is already the case that we are losing our connection to the Qur'an, how many kids do we produce as huffaz? Why aren't we memorizing the Qur'an like we should? If we've already lost this desire to be connected to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, rather we would what? Memorize the lyrics of different songs and music on the radio. If we would rather lose our Arabic language, if we would rather lose our salawat, if we would rather lose our da'wah, why? Because when there are classes in the masjid to learn how to give da'wah, if this is an obligation, it's an obligation to give da'wah. If you are living in the West, living in a majority non-Muslim country, then it is a condition that you are giving da'wah. And yet, subhanAllah, when there are some classes to teach how to do it, so few people, almost nobody wants to show up. So if you've lost your Qur'an and your salah, if you've lost your da'wah, all you want to talk about is sports. If essentially you are losing your deen, and then very soon we see a political situation turn for the worst, so that us 
We are the ones facing the backlash, and now they want to take our dunya away as well. SubhanAllah, brothers and sisters, what then will we have left? No deen, no dunya, nothing. What does this mean? It means that we need to be listening carefully. Allah, I don't know exactly what's going to happen in the future, but I do believe that sooner or later, the believers will stand together. And when they do, we're the first ones who are going to feel that backlash. And you're going to be the ones hearing the call. All of us will be hearing the warning cry. Indeed, the people have gathered against you, so fear them. That will be the cry. Will we, will we have the ability to react like the people of Gaza? Their reaction was what? It only increased them in faith. And they said, sufficient for us is Allah. He is indeed the best to take care of our affairs. Or will we continue the way we are, weak in our iman, trying to follow every trend, just chasing money, materialism, exactly as the Prophet ﷺ described. Will we continue in the state that the Prophet ﷺ described, which is what? When you enter into these haram, interest-bearing transactions, and when you cling to the tail of oxen and are pleased with your agriculture, what is this describing? Just being obsessed with money. And when you give up struggling for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah ta'ala will make disgrace prevail over top of you. You will be covered with humility to the point that there is a quarter of the planet that are Muslim and none of them can get, bring a single cup of water to the people of Gaza. That's humility. That's humiliation. That's embarrassing. And Allah ta'ala will continue to keep you in that state until you what? Until you return to your faith, until you return to your deen. Insha'Allah, our brothers and sisters in Gaza are passing their test. They're reminding us what trying to pass the test looks like. We know what Ahlul Palestine, we know what these people have sacrificed. For many of them, everything. For many of them, all of their wealth, all their business, all their family, and even their own lives. Many of them have given up everything. And so the question we have to ask ourselves is, what have we sacrificed for the sake of Allah Ta'ala? Is it literally nothing? Is it the diametrically opposed opposite? They give up everything and we are giving up nothing? Do you think that they have lost because they have died? Everybody dies. This idea that they have lost because they have died is wrong. Everybody dies. The only losers are the losers in the Akhirah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, إِنَّ اللَّهَ اشْتَرَى مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ أَنفُسَهُمْ وَأَمْوَالَهُمْ بِأَنَّ لَهُمُ الْجَنَّةِ Indeed, Allah ta'ala has purchased from the believers their own selves and their wealth and property in exchange for paradise. If that is not your attitude, what do you come to the masjid for? Why are you pretending? What is the point? If you don't have this sincere feeling that, Ya Allah, I can only live this life for so long, I know I'm going to have to leave, so everything must be spent fi sabilillah. I have to die empty. I have to make sure that the gas tank has nothing left. I've given everything for your sake. Every talent, every ability, everything must be for the sake of Allah. And if you want to see an example of it, just turn on the news and see what it looks like. Because they are the winners. They are the winners in the Akhirah. And that is the only victory that matters. And guess what? They will be victorious as well in this life. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises it. 
because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا يُنْفِقُونَ أَمْوَالَهُمْ لِيَصُدُّوا عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ فَسَيُنْفِقُونَهَا ثُمَّ تَكُونُوا عَلَيْهِمْ حَسْرَةً ثُمَّ يُغْلَبُونَ Allah Ta'ala says, Indeed, those who disbelieve, they spend their wealth to avert the people from the way of Allah. So they will spend it, then it will be for them a source of regret. And then they'll be overcome. A source of regret, billions of dollars, all these different missiles and jets, all these different tanks or whatever the case they're spending on. A source of regret. What does that mean? I don't know. I can't tell you the future, but I do very much believe that if a economic crisis were to come, it's going to be probably pretty soon. Why? Because you can't sustain global wars all over the place with this country, that country, and so on and so forth. It's too much. You're trying to do too much evil, and it can only be tolerated for so long. Allah Ta'ala promises, وَلَقَدْ سَبَقَتْ كَلِمَتُنَا لِعِبَادِنَا الْمُرْسَلِينَ إِنَّهُمْ لَهُمُ الْمَنْصُورُونَ وَإِنَّ جُنْدَنَا لَهُمُ الْغَالِبُونَ And our word has already proceeded. It's a done deal from our servants and messengers that indeed they would be those who are given victory. It's them who will be victorious in the end and that indeed our soldiers will be those who overcome. The believers will win in the end. And I do believe that even this country of Israel knows about it. This terrorist state, I think they, they're well aware of it. Why? They could read their own Bible and they could see over and over again the cycle that Ben Israel, they go through over and over again. When they're righteous, they prosper. This is, if you look at the Bible, just read the Bible. When they're, pro, when they're righteous, they prosper. Their prosperity get, makes them arrogant. When they become arrogant, they become tyrannical. When they become tyrannical, then Allah Ta'ala puts them in their place and punishes them. This is the story in the Bible and SubhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala mentions this and reminds us of this in Surah Al-Isra, Ayat 4 through 8. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it very clear that it's a promise from him that when the Israelites commit atrocities, then they'll be punished for it in this life. Allah Ta'ala says it in no uncertain terms, very clear wording. Allah Ta'ala says it very clearly. If you return to that behavior, if you continue doing zulm and oppression, then we are going to return to punishing you. Allah Ta'ala says it very clearly. So we have firm belief that the victory will come. But what we need to remember is this, there's no victory without righteousness. And inshallah ta'ala, I'll mention and I'll continue this in the second khutbah. There is no victory without righteousness. What do I mean by this? Allah Ta'ala mentions three times in the Quran. The end result, the end victory will always be with people of taqwa. Not the Muslimin, just because you have an identity of Islam. Muttaqeen, people of taqwa, people who actually have the ability to withhold from their base desires and say, you know what, that's enough. I don't have to keep on chasing dunya just because it's in front of me. I don't need that. I have enough taqwa to recognize that the akhirah, that the next life, is the most important. Allah Ta'ala doesn't give victory to the believers when they're abandoning their deen. It doesn't work like that. Muslims are always wondering, what should we do? What should we do? The same thing that has given us victory every single time throughout history. Hold on to your deen. Hold tightly to the Quran and Sunnah. Yes, there are many other things, minor things that can be done. Yes, of course, there are many different ideas that we could discuss and there's not a lot of time for me. Maybe another week we could talk about getting involved politically and financially and all these different methods. Yes, but if the core is not there, all the rest won't work. If you do not understand this basic idea that there has to be a political victory 
that will only come, the political victory will only come after the spiritual victory. This is the only way it happens. Allah Ta'ala does not give victory to the believers when they've abandoned their deen. Rather, the political victory only comes after the spiritual one. As long as our material ambition exceeds our spiritual ambition, we will keep on losing. And if you want to check where your spirituality is, where your emphasis is in your life, then please remember this very simple hadith in which the Prophet says, Man sa'al Allah ash-shahada bi-sidqin Allahu manazil ash-shuhada wa in mata ala firashihi. The Prophet says, Sahih Muslim, whoever asks for martyrdom sincerely will be ranked by Allah Ta'ala among the martyrs even if he dies on his bed. Brothers and sisters, do you have this sincere courage? Not now, not in front of everybody else where you just want to be loud and raise your hands and make a show. No, I'm saying alone at night. Can you actually say the words, Allahumma ja'alna min ash-shuhada? Can you say those words? Because if every Muslim could say those words, sincerely, this problem will not be a problem. It's that simple. If every single believer could say, Allahumma ja'alna min ash-shuhada. If every time you saw on the news people dying for the sake of their deen, you said, Ya Allah, why them and not me? If that was there, this whole situation would not exist. We have to remember the example of Umar ibn al-Khattab who said what? Imagine, richer than any of us could imagine, more powerful than any of us could imagine, when he was the Khalifa of the believers, when he had just conquered Rome and Persia and he had the whole world at his feet, was he thinking about just more dunya? No. What was he thinking about? He was making the dua, Allahumma razuqni shahadatan fi sabilik. Oh Allah, let me die as a martyr in your path. I'm done with this life. Imagine when you have all the power that the world has to offer and all you can think of is what? Ya Allah, I just want a good death. If the ummah had this attitude, instead of being so pleased with whatever little thing you have, oh look at me, I have a car or a house, whatever the case may be. If we had this attitude, this, this whole mess would not be in existence. We need to remember the example of the Sahabi, Haram ibn Milhan, who, when he was on an expedition and he was stabbed through his back and the spear came out through his front, what was his reaction? His words were what? I swear by the Lord of the Kaaba, I won. I did it. I can finally leave and be done with this test and meet my Lord in the right way. This attitude, if it exists, everything else doesn't matter. Imam Malik rahimahullah said what? The later part of this ummah will not be fixed except by what fixed the earlier part. What happened at the beginning, you have to go back to your deen. That willingness to face the enemy, the willingness to say, if anybody's going to get hurt, I want to be on the front. That is the only thing that will give victory to this ummah. Is there anything more embarrassing, brothers and sisters? Is there anything more disgraceful? Is there anything more repulsive than when we see an elderly Muslim man who is still clinging to this dunya? His body is falling apart. He is sick and withering away. 
and yet all he can think about is, oh, my stocks went up, or my stocks went down. He's still thinking about, oh, I just gotta make a little investment here. I just gotta make a little investment there. SubhanAllah, invest in your akhirah. What are you doing? You already have one foot in the grave. Why are you like a drug addict, like a junkie? I just need one more hit. I, I just need one more big payoff. I just need to make a little bit more money. I, I promise this is the last one. No, no, next year I'll be good. I'll, I'll just, 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 just give me a little bit more time. Next year I'll be righteous. I'll get serious about Quran. I'll start coming to the masjid more frequently. Just, just give me a little bit more time. You sound like a crackhead. You sound like a junkie. And you're so obsessed with this dunya and you're so elderly. What are you doing? It is embarrassing. Even if you are to make an extra couple of millions, then what? Your body can't handle the partying and the traveling and the late nights and the drinking and the drugs and the women. You can't do any of that. What are you even holding on to? Just a number? This is the state of the ummah. Don't look anywhere else. As long as this state maintains and is consistent, then subhanAllah, you can expect that the Muslims will keep on dying in the numbers they are. We have to accept the basic reality. Death is a cup from which we all must drink. Just get over it. Accept the idea that there is no escaping this. There's no getting out of it. There's either a good death or a bad death. You just have to pick, your, pick whichever one you want. When the believer sees the Muslims being killed for the sake of their deen, the thought that should run through your mind is why wasn't I cho chosen for this highest honor? When this is the reality of the ummah, when we can see what's happening on the news and say, SubhanAllah, they get to meet their Lord saying, Ya Allah, I held on to my deen in the worst of circumstances. You should see that and think, why wasn't an I? Why wasn't I in that position? This is the exact opposite of the way the disbeliever thinks. And unfortunately, we think more like the disbelievers than the believer. That's how Islam reverses and makes you see the world with a completely different lens. And that's exactly what we are missing. It's that simple. The people of Gaza remind us what perseverance really looks like. And it looks nothing like us. May Allah Ta'ala bless them and may Allah forgive us. Never forget what they're fighting for. This isn't some racial issue. This isn't about money. What is this about? One thing and one thing only. Putting the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala number one. That's all this is about. That's what they are fighting for and that's what they are dying for. So if you say, oh, I support these people, that's not what's important. What's important is that they are dying to make Allah's word above all else. So if you're not doing that every day, if you're not put, picking up the mushaf and memorizing and studying every day, if you're not applying this Quran in your life every day, then don't think you're part of the solution. You're part of the problem. You're not on the winning side. You're on the losing side. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who are winners. Allahumma aghfilana dhunubana wa israfana fi amrina wa thabbit aqdamana wa ansurna ala man aadana wa ansurna ala al-qawm al-kafirin. Allahumma ansur al-islam wa aizza al-muslimin. Allahumma ansur al-islam wa aizza al-muslimin wa adhil al-shirk wa al-mushrikin wa dammir a'da'aka a'da'a al-deen. Allahumma ansur ikhwanana fi Falastin. Allahumma ansur ikhwanana fi Falastin. Allahumma ansur ikhwanana fi Gaza. اللهم إنا نسألك عيش السعداء اللهم إنا نسألك عيش السعداء وموت الشهداء اللهم إنا نسألك عيش السعداء وموت موت الشهداء آمين يا رب العالمين اللهم اهدنا في من هديت وعافنا في من عافيت وتولنا في من توليت وبارك لنا فيما أعطيت وقنا شر ما قضيت فإنك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك إنه لا يذل من وليت ولا يعز من عديت تباركت ربنا وتعاليت ربنا أتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم سمي كثيرة واقم الصلاة